Welcome back to the podcast, Everything You Never Need to Know About Movies, Music, and Theater. I am your host, Matt. And as I said before, I do love my recurring guests, but I also love bringing on new um, phases, new voices for, um, for all those out there who are listening um, to the podcast to talk about um, a lot of times topics of their choosing or topics that really se- seem to speak to them. So this is actually going to be a kind of two-parter where we're going to talk about, and this is funny that I haven't really talked about top 10 list before, but tonight's topic is top 10 Disney animated movies. Now I want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Chris Rose, who has the Mass Mouse fans um, podcast that you're all probably thinking, Matt, you're the co-host of the Mass Mouse fans. Why don't you and Chris do it? Well, um, Chris has given me full uh, assurances that I could do it over here on my uh, podcast area, considering he mostly talks about Disney in terms of um, news with the theme parks. So he's looking at one aspect and the corporation. So I focus on movies, music, and theater. So I've been given full reign to be able to do this. So I'm very happy with that. And I'm also happy to, with my guest. My guest is an actress. She is a director. She recently uh, was in uh, a production of Mad the Living Dead, which I directed, but co-directed with Sean Perry. And she recently directed Lovely Thoughts or co-directed Lovely Thoughts and other stories, specifically All's Fair, which was by a friend of the podcast, Jackie Fryman, and um, uh, Online Dating, which yours truly wrote. And she did a lovely job on both. And that will be coming out hopefully soon on YouTube for all who did not who did not um, uh, get to see it in theaters, uh, in the theater, rather, uh, they'll be able to see it on YouTube free of charge. Um, so let me introduce my guest. It is Meg Brown. Meg, thank you for coming on the show. Hello. Oh, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. And I know because we were talking about this before that, you know, you happen to be a rather Disney uh uh fan as it were yes some may say disney adult but the term has some negative connotations well yeah it depends on what you're talking about but i i consider myself a disney adult i've been to disney world myself about 14 times um i've only been like four (laughs) well and i i am older than you um and um i do have a forthcoming book coming out calling called remember the magic 14 years of memories and stories uh around disney world so that will be coming out hopefully before the end of the year it's in the editing process right now um but i'm really excited to have you on the podcast and again the biggest thing was that um for those who don't follow you but on your instagram you've been doing the disney challenge uh cosplay challenge yes yeah the disney bound challenge uh, for those of you who don't know what disney bounding is um it's like a subtle way to incorporate uh, some disney flair into your everyday fashion uh, it has some varying levels you could go um, full cosplay or you can take it simpler with like a cost bound or just a simple bound which is um like wearing colors reminiscent of a certain character, movie, aesthetic, etc. Uh, and the, yeah, the other who, uh, who runs the, like kind of created the term Disney bound, I think Leslie Kay is her name, mm. uh, created this challenge for the month of March where every day you have a, a 
essentially a topic to Disney bound as. So it could be a movie, um, a park, a character, uh, like favorites, least favorites, heroes, villains, etc. cetera. Uh, and she created it as a way to just kind of brighten up a rather dreary month, um, which March can tend to be. Well, and I do, I do have to say, I am, I, that's what made me think of you for this particular topic, but specifically mm -hmm. the three I love the best was um, your Epcot one of all mm -hmm. in white, reminiscent of the 1980s Epcot um, when it first that, opened. That was one of my favorites too. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the Jane from, from Tarzan. Mm -hmm. um, which I was supposed to have a safari hat that I uh, got from like Disney on ice years ago, but it just disappeared from last month to this month just gone well, I can't the, it, it, well it's probably in the attic or in the basement somewhere probably um, i looked everywhere but it'll, it'll the, turn up when, when i'm not looking for it <laughs> and then obviously the other one is uh the florence pew character from wandavision yeah. in all in green that beautiful green jacket you got um, i'm i'm known for that green jacket <laughs> it's i love it you know and i think you wore it several times to rehearsal so i was kind of mm -hmm. like oh i, I kind of want that jacket <laughs> uh, it's from an english company i think so England. Well, I do have a London fog, so, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to talk about uh, Disney movies. So how this goes, um, just because uh, this is first first time on Meg's show, we go from 10 to above and we talk about um, the movie, why we why it's on our list, why we picked it, um, kind of et cetera, et cetera. Now, I will say for the most part, our, our lists are amazingly different and i love that because we're two different people but i will say there are two specific movies that are in the exact same spot for both of us um, oh, which is really cool um can't wait to find out what it is well and the thing is like i know um people have different opinions of mm -hmm. various movies but i was really excited when i saw some of your some of your list because i'm like some of those aren't in everyday fashion and not ones that you would normally think of as like you know uh, movies that people will talk mm -hmm. about they talk about the big ones but they won't talk about these lesser known ones uh, ironically enough so i'm definitely into the deep cuts <laughs> Well, and that makes sense. Actually, now looking at my list, you, there's actually three that match, which is wow. really fun. So that's um, that's going to be exciting. But we're going to begin this begin. Um, I, we didn't do any honorable mentions. We just uh, make our list just 10 and above just because we could literally say all of them are honorable mentions. I mean, oh, um, it was so the, hard to make the list. <laughs> that's absolutely true. I mean, there are 50, almost 50 something um, and these, again, these aren't Pixar movies. These are full just Disney animated movies, which also includes the computer generated ones now. Um, but even looking at our list, you know, Tangled could have been in there. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the Aristocats, you know, uh, Aristocats, um, yeah. even Jungle Book wasn't wasn't in there. And though it's not one of my favorites, but it's still I still enjoy watching it from time to time. Oh, for um, sure. The classics are classic for a reason. Exactly. Um, so let's start with number 10. I'm really excited about your number 10. So uh, Meg's number 10, please give me that your number 10, please. Drum roll for number 10. Uh, mm -hmm. It is Brother Bear. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Starting off with the deep cuts here. <laughs> it is because it was not so the uh, Brother Bear comes out after Tarzan gets destroyed 
in the box office. Yeah, but it's a brilliant, I love that movie with uh, Uh, Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. But my favorites are uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas as the two, uh, the mooses, kind of reprising their their characters (laughs) from uh, SCTV. (laughs) So why is it your favorite? Uh, I just think it's a pretty touching movie with like a touching message. And I was actually thinking about this a little bit earlier today. Um, that it was almost a little bit before its time with being like subtle anti-toxic masculinity in a way. Yeah. Because um, the the character of um, uh, Kenai is a little upset that he gets the token bear of love. He wanted something uh, that would make him more manly, like wisdom, strength, etc. And spoiler free, um, he does go on the journey to discover that um, love can be just as powerful um, and can make you just as much a man as any of the other ones could. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. I mean, um, uh, I don't know if it's any different, but I know my father came from the generation where men were stoic they didn't show their emotion Mm -hmm. and to cry or show emotion in public is to Mm -hmm. lose face and you know I've grown very much in my own self where it's like it's okay to have emotion it's okay to show off that it's it's you know someone someone once wrote something like um I had you know I had to punch the wall after I saw that movie so I could feel like a man again I don't think that (laughs) that's scary that's yeah that's a a little too much you know it's almost as bad as slapping someone during the oscars talk about that at some point (laughs) i knew it would come up at least once (laughs) exactly but um no and i agree with you and i have to say the music is also big absolute bangers oh my god great spirits i'll I'll blast that in the car with like the windows down i'm like yes i've actually fantasized about my old band covering um the welcome song and us playing it at like the beginning of a gig i just imagine that that would be like that'd be a a dope to do that kind of thing Um, and then like even you know look through my eyes and no way out i mean those are some great Mm -hmm tunes again written by um phil collins um oh yeah but yeah and yeah yeah and it's so beautiful and it also it you know it's native it's uh indigenous americans native americans it's it's it it talks about that it talks about what they went through in terms of their you know the early world before you know (laughs) the europeans came and and took over everyone yes in the words of Pocahontas, these white men are dangerous. <laughs> it's more, more, more now than ever, if you ask me. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it's a great pick for the for the bottom. Um, so my number ten, I will say, I'm really surprised that it's not higher on my list, but it, 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 it because it is one of my favorites now. But it's probably because it's so new. So my number ten is in Kanto. Yes. <laughs> um, I just rewatched it the other night. I love that movie so much. I was told by so many people you have to watch it. So finally, one night, like I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this movie, mm-hmm. and I watched it, and I was in a puddle of tears at the end. Just the idea of identity, finding yourself, but not finding yourself within the eyes of 
relatives who are clinging to the old world, but the new world and, and your own self and that I see this person who happens to be me, whatever that means, whether it's someone who has powers or does not have powers. Um, very good allegory and very good in terms of like, um, just the idea of family that you that you'll always love each other. You may not get along all the time, but you always love each other. And also Absolutely. kind of but also kind of the idea of people who aren't family. You know, the 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 townspeople are not family, but they have um the Madrigals back at the very end and they're part of the big thing of of bringing bringing the spirit back and bringing the enjoyment back you know oh. so um i mean i'm adopted so my family is not my family but you you find yeah. yeah well i i got the good thing because i didn't i i got to pick my family as it were i got i get oh. to decide who's my family yeah <laughs> as opposed to other people who are stuck with them <laughs> but um and obviously the music all oh, the music the genius. i mean just bruno alone is like it was stuck in my head for like two months straight <laughs> every day <laughs> believe it i mean the first time Still. i heard it, yeah the first time i heard it was not from the movie i, I heard that separately oh. and then i was like oh now i need to see this movie oh. um but my favorite I, song i planned on seeing it in the theaters i couldn't make it but then it like surprisingly dropped on disney plus i think on christmas and i was like oh awesome a perfect opportunity for me to watch it absolutely and my favorite song actually is the um what else can I do? Because it reminds me so much of, er like Lynn said, like early 90s Hispanic rock kind of thing, like Latin yeah, rock. Yeah. Definitely have that influence. <laughs> like I early that, Gloria Stefan or Shakira yeah. even, you know. <laughs> I think somebody took um, the Carlos Santana song Smooth, sunk up, we don't talk about Bruno over it, and the two just are basically the same song. <laughs> it's pretty much close. You can hear Carlos Santana. It's to the point where I know Carlos Santana was not Colombian, but I would have loved to hear a guitar, like that guitar riff in the middle of um, what more can I do that it, I find out it's like, it's Santana. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I mean, like I said, the whole story, uh, all of me brings me to tears every time I hear it. I don't even have to watch the movie. It just brings me to tears and it's just, oh, yeah beautiful and then i didn't realize bruno was john leguizamo <laughs> yes <laughs> i couldn't believe it there. <laughs> oh my god and he raps <laughs> yes something <laughs> tells me lynn was gunning for that role too <laughs> well, well i actually heard an interview with lynn that he said he picked leguizamo for that because of a um a play that Leguizamo did a one-man show called Freak that he loved and John Leguizamo was like oh my god that's a deep cut no one remembers that <laughs> so oh, that's the best all right so you're number nine please Meg it is the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh such a classic wholesome um like childhood nostalgia movie uh, something about specifically just the blustery day part of like the three-part storyline just gets me right in the nostalgia for some reason. Uh, the Just Winnie the Pooh floating on the chair and Piglet on the umbrella. Uh, I would watch it on loop when I was a kid and be like, yeah, this is so great. And the, the songs are just so pleasant. Mm. They have that like wholesome vintage -y feel. Um, and Winnie the Pooh is just like wholesome embodied. I will say that I regained my love for that movie 
when my son came around, for some reason, he decided he wanted to watch Winnie the Pooh. So I found, obviously we have Disney Plus, so I put on The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And at first he couldn't give up to anything about it. Like he didn't bother with it. And so I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, I'm watching him by myself and he says, watch Pooh. And I was like, how do you know about that? And so I put on Pooh and he had the time of his life. He loved that, you know, from the from the honey tree to the Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point now where I have to do some of the voices oh. you know, when I when I read the original book, you know, yes, sir. Hour, it's 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 a rather plus three day outside. Oh, the best! Every time it's like rainy and windy, I'm like, oh, it's a blustery day out. <laughs> I never use that term in regular conversation except in reference to Winnie the Pooh. Well, I will say one, I, you know, so the songs are are good. They're catchy. Mm-hmm. But I've because we've ended up watching it pretty much every weekend, once a week. Um, <laughs> I tend to enjoy the the uh, and the rain, 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 fell, 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 and <laughs> run down and rushing <laughs> The river crept right out of bed and crept it's right bed. into piglets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah. that. That's yeah. my favorite part of the song. That's that's like the wordplay on it is really. I mean. Then you get to the, the next song of like, you know, we'll never forget the heroes of the wet. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh God. <laughs> oh, hero party. <laughs> yeah, the hero party. Yeah, the hero Sorry. party that we should all have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the yeah the Men Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which is technically, you're right, three short Winnie the Poohs rolled mm-hmm. into one, but you couldn't tell with the narrator and what have you. Oh yeah, and they're all... Um like connected together with like the book um, motif and way they pooping like, am I in this next story? Am I in this next one? Well, and what's funny is I never realized, <laughs> I never caught it cause I'm not, I wasn't smart enough. Now I'm like an adult and I'm like, go for saying I'm not in the book is, is a double entendre. It's I'm not in a phone book, you can't call me. I'm also uh... not the character in the original book. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm not in the book. <laughs> oh, Gopher and his whistle talking. I can't even imitate that. Like, I, can't I, do the I tried for a little bit, you know, uh, uh, seven sticks of, of dynamite. <laughs> no, not the cost. Charging money. No, no charge account. I work strictly cash. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Well, yes, many adventures want to prove very, very good. So uh, my number nine going along the Lin-Manuel um, mm-hmm. thing, Moana. Fantastic film. I love that movie so much. I, again, talking about legacy and talking about ancestors and what does the, that one generation give to the next and what mm-hmm. does the next generation have to correct from the previous generation, which is the case. You know, every generation has something that they learn from the previous generation, but also something that they need to improve upon, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they bring about, you know, in the greater, greater world, um, diversity tends to be a good thing where we're progressing in terms of diversity, but at the same time, we're getting rid of the negativity around diversity. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, uh, it's a little bit difficult to see that right now in this world. But when I was growing up, it was, it was starting to get better. And even the idea of like, I don't know if you could even imagine, Meg, but when I was a kid, to be to be a theater nerd, to be a comic book nerd, to be 
anything of this. You got your butt whooped. You got thrown in lockers and you got your butt kicked. Now you get your butt kicked if you're not. Like if you're not like a Doctor Who Marvel fan, you get your butt whooped. (laughs) You know, but it's such a, and again, it's Lin-Manuel at his best collaborating with Obataya and uh, Mark Mancina and just that beautiful music. I mean, I remember when the trailer came and I first heard We Know the Way, I was like, oh, oh I'm so in. I want, oh my God, I want this so badly. Yes, I'd say one of the most beautiful Disney songs would be that one. Yeah, and I can't get enough of Shiny, which I can play on my I guitar. I love that one. <laughs> I can play on my guitar and I have played at open mic nights from time to time. So, <laughs> hey, if you're ever at an open mic night and I have my guitar, I will play it and you can sing it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Moana, my number nine. Uh, again, not higher up because my other list has some really great ones. And in fact, we have one coming up. Number eight for you, Meg. What do we have? My number eight is Mulan. Mulan. Yes. Yes. I'll make a man out of you. (laughs) Catchy music, comic acting, um, very culturally eye-opening as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One of those um, like princess, not princess stories um, as well, but like princess by proxy. and I just think Mulan's a pretty strong character. Um, also ties of family, honor, uh, all that jazz. I just like it. <laughs> it and it it tends it tends to be out of all of even out of all the movies you have, but mostly Mulan is a deceptively um, feminist movie. To the also, point, yes. I mean, granted, she does kind of end up with the guy at the end but before then it's all about her and her you know doing this for for reasons for good reasons not like the new movie where she just does it for whatever i haven't seen the live action ones it's not worth it that's what i've heard but the training montage that she actually has to learn to mm-hmm. grow and she has to grow as a person and, and it's not and it, she actually did it too on her own yeah and she doesn't it doesn't like come nat- naturally it's not like um mm-hmm. ray and, and star wars where no training and she can yeah. you know harness the force mulan has to learn and train with everyone else and actually become stronger than them and you see it it's not like out of nowhere she takes a lightsaber and can beat the beat beat the next beat the bad guy like she actually like works hard and like plans and figures things out you know yes, um, yes. refreshing to see something like that what is your favorite song from Mulan Ooh, um, um a girl worth fighting for I think that nice. one's pretty catchy <laughs> <laughs> the classic Harvey Firestein <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, I will always be partial to um, I'll Make a Man Out of You. you always. Um, Jackie Chan did the uh, Chinese dub of that song and sung yes. in, um, in Mandarin, I believe, and it is beautiful. Yes, it is. I've heard I've heard it. It's it's the way they yeah, that one is a really good one to have the it's international kind of thing. But yeah. oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh what is it like you'll be the 
you need to be uh, the course is as strong as a river. Course and river. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember it off the top of my head, yep. but yeah. All right. So going away from the musicals, my number eight is an interesting one. It is Robin Hood. Now, uh-huh. I will say that for some reason, I did not grow up with Disney's Robin Hood. I didn't see it till I was almost in my teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was funny is it happened on a particular weekend i was home and i think i was sick i was i had maybe bronchitis or something and i was like channel surfing in one weekend i saw the kevin costner robin hood the mel brooks robin hood um <laughs> the men in tights one the men yeah men in tights the mel brooks men in tights the the um um kevin costner robin hood i saw the original errol flynn robin hood and then to finish it finish it off out of nowhere the disney channel had a special robin hood on their channel so i was like i was kind of robin hood out but i said i'll watch it I fell in love with that movie it is one of my favorites Ooh, da la you know i will always just <laughs> so much so that i and you know our, our good friend andrew quinney he and i have spoken about doing a reading of robin hood um and i actually i actually adapted the screenplay into a stage version which we were going to do with a middle school group, but they decided they didn't want to do it. Um, But I do have that. And I did teach myself, you know, Udalali, Not in Nottingham, you know, all the songs of that. Very few songs, but so much fun. (laughs) Robin Hood and Lil John running through the forest. One of them laughing what the other has to say. (laughs) I love that movie. I love it so, so much. And just, yeah. It's just yeah. a fun adventure one. I definitely have to watch it again. I haven't seen that one in a bit. Mm. And so that does remind me I have to watch that one again. It's it's so good and so funny. It's so the villain is so ridiculous that you like <laughs> it's one of those times where the villain doesn't seem to be a threat, but clearly is a threat. It's like that weird kind of like justification that they have the power, but they also don't have the where for all to know how to use the power. <laughs> and it's always yeah. the people around them and that's why they fail, you know, but it's still quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, well, and I love Robin Hood anyway. Um, For sure. But um, all right, number seven is our first matching. Um, uh, ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah, matching uh, uh, thing. It is the Little Mermaid. Um, That's not it. No, that was it. That I. What were you saying? Uh, my brother and I actually discovered that Under the Sea and I Can't Wait to Be King have very similar tunes from The Lion King. The beginnings. Yeah, you're right. That, That's I, I can't. It's the beginning of I Can't Wait to Be King. You know and then the beginning of under the sea also starts very similarly i think they're in the same key and it's just they i think they're the opposite notes but they're in the same key and the same rhythm and, and metric I that'll think. do it yeah yeah but yeah well i'm tripping myself and i can't even hear the other song <laughs> well i'm old enough that when it came out i remember mm-hmm. seeing it in theater so i can only imagine you probably saw it in like on vhs the classic vhs Yes, I would plant myself in front of my TV, plug in the Little Mermaid on VHS and eat my dinner, sitting on the floor like I am still now. <laughs> well, I can imagine you because, you know, you have kind of brown hair, but kind of reddish 
brown hair. So you're like watch it, watching it, but for, for, you know, oh, to yeah. look up to the, the mermaid. Yeah. Mayhaps. I also just loved mermaids as a kid. So I was Most like, yeah, it's a mermaid yeah. movie. <laughs> well, and it kind of had a pirate angle to it with the sailors, even though they, they're more a sailors bit, than pirates. Yeah. So I that's why I liked it. But I also, I, I love that the, the voice of Sebastian was a little bit different than what you're used to. It wasn't like your standard. It was supposed to be a British butler sounding. Uh-huh. And then Howard Ashman was like, it should be Jamaican. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, there was a funny story about um, when they when they were with the directors Howard Ashman and Alan Megan who wrote the, the the songs. They were in with the directors, and the directors like had the outline. And Howard Ashman, who was acting like it, it was off the cuff, he was like, "Now, say you had like a song in the middle. Let's say it was called Part of Your World. It could be called anything, but let's say it was called Part of Your World." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like oh my god but do you believe they actually almost cut part of your world no the producer with the the studio head in charge jeffrey katzenberg wanted mm-hmm. to cut it because he thought it was slowing the movie down oh no that's terrible <laughs> and apparently howard ashman said uh uh over my dead body i'll i'll kill you <laughs> yeah that that's the correct response <laughs> but I, I I love that movie still as this day I watched it not too long ago yeah. and I forgot like that beginning the water the sound when you're going through yeah also as far as like Disney animated um like direct DVD sequels go probably has the best sequel to I Little Mermaid Return to the Sea yeah. I was obsessed with that as much as I was well, uh, the it, first and even Ariel, uh, what's it, Ariel's Beginning or whatever, or the, the third? The third, yeah. That's the actually prequel. pretty decent. Yeah, that's actually pretty decent, too. I know? would say that it carries pretty well, yeah. Has memorable characters, some catchy music, a decent story. It's not like Pocahontas 2 or Molan 2 or... <laughs> Aladdin 2. There is an Aladdin 2, hey, I think. Hey, hey, I like, I love Aladdin 2. I love Return, I I love Return of Jafar. King of Thieves is a little bit better. But Return to Jafar is actually pretty good. Although Family Guy had a great joke about, about that. They're like, oh, um, we're so poor. All we can afford are Disney sequels like, <laughs> like this. And then he says, uh, Aladdin 4, Jafar needs glasses. <laughs> so that hey, I watched that. I would too, because it, well, it was Jafar in the, in, the, in the glasses thing being like, better <laughs> or worse. Yeah, he's like, um, can I see number one again? <laughs> now that I would watch. I don't, yeah, but yeah, Little Mermaid. It's it, the original, yeah. not the original, because Oliver and Company was before that, which kind of set off the Disney Renaissance. But Little Mermaid had the biggest yeah. impact when it came to the Disney Renaissance, and I'd say so. Yeah, still a beautiful movie, and Jodie Benson still, she does so, not, she has not aged. That woman does not age. Not a day, not a day. <laughs> not and a she day. still shows up for like all the princess concerts and the reunions and everything. Yeah, yeah. well, she knows that that's the biggest page pay, payday pay in her career. So she's like, and Fair. she has she has gone on record saying that if I'm only remembered for Ariel, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's someone who's that humble to be like, not be like, I want to be known for something else. No, shut up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I was ever famous for like one thing and I were known for that one thing, I'd be completely okay with that. 
Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, how many people, how many actresses from Doctor Who just go by Doctor Who? Like, I was just in Doctor mm-hmm. Who. I'm fine with that. You know? Yeah. I was uh, conversing with a colleague about Jeff Goldblum, ironically enough. Um, and I think she was able to meet him once. And um, she said, oh, he's completely fine with like everyone doing the Jurassic Park quotes. He's like, I love it. Yeah, he he's he's, he, he's spoken about like someone come up and saying, oh, you know, something, you know, must go faster or whatever. And he loves that kind <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> if you, if I, anyone, I was going to say, if anyone has ever listen to Jeff Goldblum for even two minutes just talking like on Conan or something he is so unusual but I love that just to sit down with like if if you gave me like three hours with Jeff Goldblum I'd be okay for the rest of my life I wouldn't I'll trade trade my entire career for three hours with Jeff Goldblum (laughs) yeah just whatever just like um yeah okay um yes so yes we'll do that <laughs> yes tell me more um all right so so meg's number six coming at you go ahead it is the emperor's new groove this one is interesting yeah another kind of deep cut a little bit um i just think it's funny it's comical it's rompy it's very it's so quotable too i also just love david spade David Spade is a fantastic voice actor, uh, one of the best storytellers. Um, mm. So funny, a, definitely a unique voice. I uh, will, you know, anywhere. I will say The Emperor's New Groove, probably the only Disney movie I've never seen. Ah, I'd recommend. It is very funny. Yeah, David Spade, Eartha Kid, Patrick Washburn, oh, yeah. John Goodman. <laughs> I don't know how yes. I missed it. <laughs> All the classics. Um, I don't. It has one like theme song, but it doesn't. It's a non-musical as well, so they don't do any singing. Um, oh, well, so the, which is interesting. I don't know if you know this about it, but it actually this part I know. It was actually supposed to be a different movie altogether. It was going to be a little bit darker, a little bit more grown up. And oh. Sting Sting wrote like twelve songs. Twelve for, for the for the for the for the for the movie, and it was going to be called Kingdom of the Sun. And when they presented it, the producers hated it. The studio hated it. So they had to, they were like, we want it to be funnier. So like, all right, fine. So they had to go the route. That they did. Yeah. yeah. And they decided, okay, we'll do it that way. But it was originally going to be a um, um, guy turns into a llama, but it was going to be a kind of like Prince and the Pauper. It was going to be um, um, David Spade's character and it was going to be a different guy who switch who switch like kind of roles and they would end up like yeah and they'd end up learning about and growing etc cetera, etc cetera. I think that's why that song um, um, My Funny Friend and I that was from the original oh. version of it which is why it's a little bit more mellow and, and subdued as opposed to like the, mm-hmm. the llama walk or whatever walk like a llama or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i i gotta see that movie that's on the... um and it still has heart too it's like classic self-reflection self-learning going on a, a journey yeah through trials and tribulations and whatnot <laughs> The, only, the one thing I will say is in the trailer, my, my favorite line was when he like hit, uh, gets knocked by one of the servants and he just goes, you threw off my groove. Uh, I threw off the emperor's groove. 
<laughs> my favorite is the um pull the lever cronk and then he pulls this lever they fall down she goes wrong lever that one's very funny so funny yeah he's is also just a very good villain one of those very comical villains um, yeah yeah I've, I've heard very good things about it but yeah I, I on the list I gotta I gotta watch that movie that's one of my one of the top ones I gotta see it's one of those ones I put on when I like need something to watch yeah just laugh <laughs> oh yeah I hear that um all right so my number six getting into the bigger ones now <laughs> Lion King absolutely I love Lion King and I remember when I was a kid and I it was in Aladdin and the trailer came up and I was just like what is this this doesn't this doesn't this is crazy and then my mom and I went to go see it and I was in love I love that movie um from the beginning you know the circle of life and uh you know uh can you feel the love tonight even be prepared is still my jam I love you know and I love the allusions to Nazi Germany and and that type of thing and you know when you have Matthew Broderick acting off of Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella you can't get yeah, that yeah 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 and you got James Earl Jones arguing oh. against Jeremy Irons I mean this is it this is this is what you have this is all you have to do and as I've gotten older I've enjoyed the um instrumental music even more like when um Simba spoiler alert for a movie that's 20 years old um is walking up pride rock for, to to become the lion king um mm -hmm. and they're playing that beautiful that beautiful march which is called king of pride rock the uh dun, 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 you know going up and all and that beautiful like uh, hans zimmer's score is some of the best music yeah and then when they added in um he lives in you I, that i love that song it it's it, it, it has no rhyming lyrics there's no like but it's so beautiful you're right in the feels well, just from the moment where it's like, uh, you know, night and the spirit of light calls yes. you mummy. And then all of a sudden you hear, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, and there's so many versions, but the version I love is, I think it's on the rhythm rhythm of the pride rock, the uh, corresponding CD is um, when you go, uh, he lives in you, he lives in me. He watches over everything we see into the water, into the truth in your reflection he lives in you there are other lyrics that they do instead of that is um in every creature in every star in your reflection i for some reason i love how the singer always sings that like into the water into the truth for some that's my favorite um but yeah why, yeah yeah stunning story stunning visuals characters hamlet with lions basically yeah anyone who grew up with uh shakespeare would would, would love it because they'd instantly say oh this is hamlet <laughs> it's lying that you know whatever you want to say. <laughs> um and the 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 live action remake ugh, ugh, no ugh, good haven't terrible, seen it terrible i hated oh, it because they were going you for classify it as live action if it's all computer generated that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> like they literally just did different animation it's an animated yeah. movie no the thing i said was um that they were so trying so hard to get photorealistic mm -hmm. um um animals you know like out of a, a disney's nature or national geographic that they missed the point 
in the sense of when, again, spoiler alert, when Mufasa dies and, and Simba's there, like, and he just has that look in the original animation, all you could do is cry for the poor kid, you know, and when he like tucks himself underneath Mufasa's oh. arm and all that, like that kills me. In the live action version, it literally just looks like a, a kid, a kitty, like just like, I mean, it's kind of cute if you if you like that kind of stuff, like cuddling up against, you know, a bigger cat, but it, there's no emotion, there's no in the face, there's nothing, and it's in, you know. Yeah. I can imagine that would be hard to do with photorealism. And it says... It animals says, can't express that way. And it says a lot for the animators of the original anim, first animated movie. Um, putting emotion into these creatures and getting you to care about them so much so that I feel bad for the animators in the newer version because I swear they're probably given just make them look realistic well that you forget the point you know (laughs) you know how can the only thing you can tell with a lion is when they're mad and they're about to kill something you can't tell if they're like upset or they're like know can't express complex emotions yeah Yeah, exactly you can't tell if like they you know didn't sleep well the night before or you know try to try to write a play and didn't work out you know that you don't know that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah you know the lion writes a play you know the meat i found today or something like that (laughs) can you imagine a lion journaling like an angry lion and he was described (laughs) for like to journal for therapy (laughs) Imagine. Uh, Rafiki would be the therapist, absolutely. I, kill, I killed a g- uh, gazelle. How did I feel about it? I did it for food. <laughs> um, anyway, um, our number five matches yes. again. Yay! Especially I'm, for this one. Oh, especially this one. So, um, uh, uh, ladies first, talk to me about oh, this one. No. This is Alanis, the Lost Empire. I am a pretty big fan of the adventure movie, that like genre, mm-hmm. um, especially even the like era that it takes place in, that like pseudo turn of the century almost, but like with this steampunky kind of aesthetic. Yeah. Like, yes, this is absolutely everything that I love. Um, I also am a big fan of like quirky dorky main characters like Milo. <laughs> I just find them so fun. Um, such a fun dynamic to play with too. Um, one of the Disney deep cuts, um, stunning, stunning animation, stunning mm-hmm. deep story, um, some great themes of like cultural appreciation versus appropriation as well. Um, yes. Love that the mean white people get their ass kicked in the end. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's a weird, interesting comment, very similar to Pacific Overtures about, you know, mm-hmm. the. Um, imperialism on um, the americans part like they immediately go to find the great power to take over and to bring the power back with them as opposed to like enlightening people Mm -hmm. or learning about people you know Mm -hmm. exactly but i I love diverse cast as well absolutely you've got um you've got a girl a, a, a Latin, Latino girl as your mechanic. You have a black yes. man who's the doctor. Um, you know, you got the amazing, oh, now I can't think of his name, Ernest. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I'm flaking on his name, but as like the cook, the cooking character. Mean, yeah. 
Yeah, and then you have a, a Moliere character. <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep on the dirt. Don't sleep on the dirt. And then you have an and then you have an old SNL character playing the the weapons expert. You know, uh, 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 you know the bombs. You know the bombs. You know they, they go off and. <laughs> I got some TNT, some dynamite. <laughs> yeah. But I I agree with you on the aesthetic. The minute it starts. And you know he goes home, and it's the femme fatale who's like, yeah. I have, you know, I came down, and it's yeah. what's amazing is that um, turn of the century, very much more, um, yeah, like turn of the century, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, a little bit. Although most they, of the good adventure movies are set in that decade too, like Indiana Jones a little bit. Although that's that's a bit later. No, but that's um, yeah, well, yeah, still um, within twentieth century. But, the, but that feeling of like, because I grew up um, with movies, my father introduced me to movies, but he loved the old 1940s, 1930s black mm-hmm. and white movies. So I grew up with the old gangster film noirs, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thin Man and that kind of stuff. And it immediately was like, oh my God, that's what it is. The femme fatale comes in. Oh, I came down the chimney. Ho, ho, ho. I have a, you know, and then mm-hmm. you go, you go to the mysterious man. What's he going to do? Yeah. And, it's, and it's John Maloney from Frasier. It's, he's got a great, great role. I have said in the future that if ever I could, which I won't lie, I do have a fan fiction screenplay that I have written for this movie. Um, I, I would love to play the crazy old man who sets them off on their journey. Just, you know, just because he has the line, Atlantis, Atlantis is waiting. You know, just... Oh my God! Just oh, chef kiss right there, um, and and then they get off on the journey. James Gardner is your villain, like yes. <laughs> the I'm guy has, put him all along. <laughs> but, he's, but he's got an p- amazing voice for that role. Of, oh, you know, absolutely! You know, oh my God! Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the action, the thing. I always wanted them to do a um, uh, a ride at Disney. Had it been a big film i would have wanted them to do the, uh, like a dark it was actually thing. it was gonna be in disneyland oh was it uh, i didn't i didn't know what that was now what is now the finding nemo submarine voyage if it's still in this is the california parks yeah um it originally started off as twenty thousand leagues under the sea mm-hmm. um, but it was going to be based on atlantis if it had performed well at the box office i didn't know didn't. that yeah yeah, yeah. little know. little known park facts. Well, and we also have to talk about the fact that Michael J. Fox is is um, the main character, and my God, I love that man so much. Yeah. <laughs> Always has the boyish look. I did of him uh, last year. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's deep on my Instagram, but um, it was <laughs> ironically for character crushes was the prompt for that day. And I just, I love Milo. I love him. Milo is amazing. And I know people have mentioned that if there is talk, I have heard that there is talk of a live action version of Atlantis being in development and that Tom Holland would be on the short list for Milo. I think even more so than, because I know he got a lot of flack with playing Nathan Drake in Uncharted. I haven't seen it. But I want to have either. I will say that I think Milo is much closer to a Tom Holland character, but I will only say if if uh, Kida can be played by Zendaya, I'm in. That would be. I'm sold. 
That would be so perfect. And if if Melissa um, Villasenor from SNL would play yep. the mechanic, mechanic, that'd be I'm I'm in. I got it. I, you know, I I, I will support <laughs> myself. I'll take out a few loans. I mean, I, I I would love for, and then I would love for Martin Sheen to be the uh, to be mm. the uh, the old um, architect and and uh, you know sends them off. I mean, he's got the brilliant voice now too. So, but oh, but anyway, but that's that's just my two cents on that. But yeah, Atlantis, um, the Lost Empire. I will say I watch that more often than you would you would know. Just again, like you like you say when with. Um, Emperor's New Groove with um, when you just want to watch something silly and something fun, I throw it on and I will fast forward during certain parts, not because I don't like it, but just because I'm like, I want to get to the action or get to the good stuff, the, good stuff, the, yeah. the, the grid of it, as it were. You know, and it the, has an okay sequel too, Milo's Return. I have, I have not seen it. it you're saying it is, an, it is an okay sequel? It's, it's, it carries, yeah. It has, um, it's one of those three-story arc things as well. Okay. Uh, where they just go on adventures and um you get a peek a little more into the other characters lives um thor is, is in it? it for some reason oh really yeah it's the Norse god thor <laughs> it's interesting it carries i enjoy it well i will say um I happened to notice after thor the movie after marvel became a big thing um a video of <laughs> i don't know who it was it might have been andrew reynolds or Anthony Rapp singing uh, Origin of Love from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm -hmm. And because in the song that he mentions, uh, um, and then Thor said, I'm going to take my hammer. And everyone in the audience started laughing because they immediately mm -hmm. equated it with Chris Hemsworth's, Hem Hemsworth's Thor. Yeah. Um, and I will say there is a Thor reference in the third Aladdin movie, King, uh, King of Thieves, oh. where, where genie played by robin williams again that's probably yes. why return of the jedi did uh, return of jedi return of <laughs> Je <laughs> that'd be an interesting movie with the genie and return of the jedi return of jafar yeah. um uh, uh dan castanella who's the voice of um homer is the voice of the genie not robin williams ah. robin, robin comes back for king of thieves and he has a great thing where he he's <laughs> he's like um like a paparazzi interviewer, ET kind of person, because mm -hmm. Alan and Jasmine are getting married. So all these people are coming. It's like, oh, we have this person. We have this person. Oh, and here's Thor. Oh, no. He says, uh, who are you? I'm Thor. You're Thor? And the guy says, well, it hurts. Uh, so anyway. Um, all right. I want to go on to number four. So we're on the top five. I love that Atlantis is both in our top five. I like that it is number five. Yeah. I know, right? Number four for you, Meg, please. That is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh. Yes. Deep, moving, beautiful, aesthetically amazing, fantastic mm -hmm. themes relatively mature for a disney movie of its time as well mm -hmm. yeah, they definitely weren't afraid to go there um even modern and relevant themes as well um well the plus, whole frollo yeah, song of like of hellfire and talking about yeah. the lusting over a woman i mean this is that's mm -hmm. a person in power lusting i mean this was me too before mm -hmm. me too was even a thing which is quite fascinating when you look back definitely. on it yeah. yeah. I'll continue. I'm sorry. Oh, great songs too, is what I was saying. Yeah. 
Out yeah. There is one of those songs I just start singing out of nowhere all the time. <laughs> I, rem um, I remember when it came out. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember when it came out and like they had a whole thing down in New Orleans. And I remember watching like they did it back uh, a making of right into the premiere. And it was, oh, my God, it was quite amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. I just absolutely love it. God help the outcasts. Beautiful song as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's I th it, to me it's very spiritual, especially for those who maybe yes. those of our listeners who don't necessarily maybe equate themselves with a organized religion, but mm -hmm. may find themselves a little bit spiritual because I I do believe they're different things. Um, no, and it's it's fantastic um, with calling out often hypocrisy of religious movements as well, but not outright damning them so to speak right right but the, the the questioning the questioning that everyone goes through at some point i mean uh, oh, in, sure. in my perspective i've always believed that someone who is a religious person is afraid of going to hell and mm -hmm. someone who's a spiritual person has already been there ah. and that's kind of how i've always th uh, thought of in terms of those perspectives and yeah. to me it's a very spiritual movie Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's not a religious movie. You know, it's, it, it takes place in a cathedral. It does touch mm -hmm. on, like you said, the hypocrisy of, of um, you know, the deacons, you know, Frollo is a, you know, is a minister, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it also touches on spirituality and what it means to be spiritual within the context of the, of the piece as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you, yeah, yeah. And you were mentioning the, uh, the cast. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah, you know, uh, Tom Hulse, you know, Demi Moore in a rather interesting role for herself. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so, um, good one. I'll, uh, I'll never forget, though, this is just me being petty. My friends and I were doing a Disney <laughs> trivia in Salem. Uh, one of the bars and we were crushing it we were absolutely crushing it we got every question right spoiler we ended up winning uh but it needed to go to a tiebreaker because we got one and only one question wrong what was and the question I tell me the question before this. yeah the question was in the original hunchback of notre dame novel so it wasn't even about the disney movie it was about the novel what title does frollo hold like what was his official title he's in he's the movie he's a minister in the in the book he's an archdeacon yes yeah we didn't know that <laughs> he's more familiar with the books only the movies we wrote minister we were like oh maybe he's the same in the book no he's an archdeacon in the books and that's the one we got wrong yeah we had to go to tiebreaker which is what year was lion king released and then we got that one <laughs> 1996 six? Oh, it was oh it was four? Oh. My, four or six I was not the one who answered the question. My friend was. She crushed. They, she they didn't even get the question out before she answered it. No, you're right. Yeah, because Beauty and the Beast was ninety two, Aladdin was ninety three, and then ninety four was Lion King. As they were doing a movie a year. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, you're right. And wow. When I Kingdom Hearts, Donald uh, does Funk Pop. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I'll always be petty about the Archdeacon. I, I I always laugh about Kingdom Hearts when they when they seemingly killed off, old, killed off really... Goofy. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's <laughs> Goofy. Yeah, it's twenty years old. But he wasn't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. So, uh, uh, number four for me is Aladdin. As you can see, Aladdin is a big a big part of my life. Um, 
um, my wife, who's also called Meg, although I, she goes by Megan in my in my mind, um, she that is her favorite movie, a Disney movie of all time. So that would be her number one. But my number yeah. four, again, a uh, great story. This was still when they were doing some great, great um, bits of, of 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 storytelling and plotting and characters. Great oh, humor. I think it's the funniest. Uh, not having seen Empire, uh, the Emperor's New Groove. I'm doing it again. Um, okay. Uh, uh, having not seen that, I do think Aladdin is the funniest movie in the in the Disney canon. Uh, you it's know. definitely very funny, very quipping. Any movie with Robin Williams is obviously going to be either extremely good or extremely funny or both. I still think it's the top. If I were to do a top Robin Williams list, that would be number one. It's absolutely. There's so much in there of him. There's so much of his character. There's so much uh, uh, just enjoyment you can tell that he's having with playing the character oh, and just sure. throwing all these references in that you know. My wife and I will still do references of like you know. I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug, you know. Or um, mm-hmm. your your line is. I will free the genie anytime. <laughs> He's a master class in enjoying your work. He really Absolutely. is, yeah. And you can tell he was enjoying it in that. And again, the music, I it's it very, they wanted to be Cap Calloway. To me, it's very kind of Buzzly Berkeley, very kind of big, especially with friend like me, which you realize, hold on, Robin Williams sings a Howard Ashman song. How how do I live in a world where that that kind of thing exists? You know what I mean? Like, it's absolutely nuts. And I do love some of the songs that were cut from the from the movie that have come out. There was a there was an album recently called Howard Sings Ashman, where it was all the demos from Aladdin um, out and some really good songs. Um, uh, proud of your boy is so one of my favorites that has been cut which, uh, yeah that made it into the stage musical i think right and that is a beautiful beautiful i mean when i heard that first i immediately was like oh i totally relate to this like i this is you know that got me through college constantly <laughs> being like you know i'm gonna make you proud of your boy and all that kind oh. of stuff but and but Aladdin itself is just beautiful and the only thing I have with that movie, the only problem I have with that movie is Jasmine. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, how They began it with her being the very feminist character, not wanting yeah. to settle and all that kind of stuff and wanting her to yeah, adventure. Yeah. But what happens at the end? She ends up with the guy and she stays in the in the in the Sultan's palace. Like <laughs> yeah that that's fair <laughs> like it's so like they had me and then you know it just yeah. oh ugh. anyway <laughs> but I then if she's it, more from a i want to fall in love it's kind of her motivation and i suppose maybe she did and she's yeah. like i'm happy now that i'm in love cool. i guess so i guess so i don't know i i always she's think that yeah but i also feel like it'd be one of those things where i'd be like yeah i'm in love but let's travel let's go somewhere else let's not stay in I mean, they have a whole magic carpet they could literally go anywhere exactly i mean they do fly off into the sunset night sky or whatever but yeah um yeah and i love the fact that tim rice uh came in and did very howard ashmany kind of lyrics so it felt like a whole piece to it and unfortunately aladdin was right after Howard Ashman died, so that that you know, it was very sad. You know, Howard Ashman um, mm-hmm. 
I do love the plaque they gave for him that said, you know, Howard Ashman, the man who gave um, a mermaid her voice and a beast his soul. I mean, that's that's on his tombstone kind of thing. I love that. That's, you know. (laughs) Um, And if anyone hasn't seen, I I don't know, I can't remember if I've um, plugged it before on here, but if anyone goes on Disney Plus, there's a beautiful documentary about Howard Ashman. it's be, I I was crying the whole time, but it's a very good, very kind of introspective, and his entire career. You realize how how brilliant this man was and how he came pretty much from nothing. Um, but yeah, all right. So we are going to number three. I can't tell you how happy that this movie is on your list. Yes, it's still again not one of my favorite ones, but I do love certain aspects of it. So go ahead, tell us your number three. Uh, the Princess and the Frog is my yeah. number three. Yeah, yes. I just love it. I love it so much. The songs are absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters are so very well defined. Uh, the aesthetic setting of New Orleans in the twenties, the jazz age, the jazz era. Oh, I just love that jazz influence. So good. Um, and and even covering like all the basics of New Orleans, like the Jazz Square, as well as the more like Bayou environmental mm-hmm. uh, pieces. And oh, I hate bugs. I'm terrified of bugs. <laughs> but without saying what happens, Princess and the Frog is the only movie where I cried over a bug. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you that the music is something else when I first heard it I didn't realize and I then looked into it the fact that Randy Newman was from New Orleans and he has a big stake in it so when they asked him to do it he was like um yeah (laughs) but I love the you know the down in New Orleans you know we got magic good and bad and And that that just like sets the mood like this awesome song yeah as far as intro songs go I'd say one of the best like overall theme intro songs yeah i the very and then you know the i want song of you know i'm almost there um and then even the villain song is so i got friends on the other side that's in my like top list of villain songs definitely yeah 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 and then i I love the travel song which is really funny that usually you don't care for the the travel i love that Uh Yeah. yeah all the fireflies Oh my god! And then uh, my 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 Anveline. Oh my god! Oh, it's so no spoilers, but at the end. The- oh my god! I know. It's just like uh, <laughs> look at how she lights up the sky. Yeah. Oh my god! Just so beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that that score is probably one of the the best I've ever heard, and just the feel of New Orleans, um, mm-hmm. which is really Hope funny because I've never been there. I've never been to New Orleans. I always wanted to. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, just watch the movie. That's the same thing. Yeah, and the cast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the cast. Yeah, stunning. I was gonna say I also like um, the, the sort of message that it sends mm. that. Um, a balance of working hard and like taking a break is also like a necessary thing to do too. Mm. Uh, like stopping, slowing down a little bit and um, appreciating the things that you have, the people around you. Um, it's not all about working hard um, gets you most of the way, but also a little bit of faith, a little bit of belief, not so much of a bad thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it doesn't truly pay to be a full workaholic, but it does pay uh-huh. to to get there kind of on the way there kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, and I, I agree that message is really good. It's and it's interesting because that one that this movie is going to be the basis for them redoing Splash Mountain from I'm so excited about that. I will say at first I because I I tend to be more of a purist. I like the <laughs> original old stuff. Like I always loved the Disney yeah. of my of my youth. Um I was there enough times I remember it. Um and I love um you know, I don't love the context in which the um, it, it it exists, but I do love the 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 Splash Mountain as it is. But to switch it to hearing going down the Bayou or oh, okay. down Speaking to New Orleans, in general layout, yeah. same ride format. I'm all for a retheme, and Walt Disney himself even said Disney World will never be complete. Right, and I can imagine. I'm seeing in my head like where i would think so obviously i can assume it would begin with like down in new orleans go through almost there maybe go down to the bayou when you get down to the first and second um drops and then when you get to the dark area be like my angeline and then i would hope going up the hill would be the friends on the other side if they don't say are you ready as you're about to go down (laughs) i would i will (laughs) it's perfect it like Ready to even say, say you up for it, you know? Are you yep. ready? Transformation Central. Transformation <laughs> Oh, actually, cool. actually, when you hit down and you have the flash for the for the picture, it should be like the 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 faces, the the Rafiki faces kind oh. of. Oh, you know? oh. yeah, that'd be cool. It's, and and then you hit it down, and then when you go into like the good night, it'd be like um down in New Orleans again, the reprise at the very yeah, very, yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'm just uh, interested to see how they aesthetically include it into Disney World's Frontierland. Um, it has a perfect for New Orleans Square for Disneyland in California. Uh, just tack that right onto New Orleans Square, fits in aesthetically perfect, but with the aesthetics of the American west of the Frontierland versus the southness of louisiana and new orleans we'll see what they do yeah i um i tend to think that they'd keep like the outside exterior similar and they they might just update the inside so that it's like you're going from the west into louisiana or what they could possibly do is make it more like what it really is like to go from texas into atlanta Mm -hmm. and then into um new orleans so it's like a hop skip and a jump kind of thing but that's probably why it's taking so long imagineers are trying to figure out Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this i think they're saying like 2025 six is when they're like it's going to be a thing yeah so we'll have to wait and see um all right my number three is treasure planet Yes. I love this movie so much. Not even just so much that Joseph Gordon Levitt is the Jim Hawkins character, but I was a big sci-fi kid when I was growing up to the point where I watched Blade Runner and Brazil a lot earlier than I should have. <laughs> but I love like Minority Report, Star Wars. Um, obviously, I'm a huge geek for Guardians of the Galaxy, so much so that when um, it was announced that Guardians was going to be a movie, I was the only one who was excited amongst my fan, my friends. <laughs> like, one kid was like, 
I don't know about this Guardians thing. I'm like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be brilliant. And he said, all right, I'll trust you. And he would tell everyone, he would literally, like someone would bring up Guardians and say, hey, Mac, Mac Garland says it's going to be cool. So let's. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. And it was cool. And I was right. So, you know, yeah. b- bully, bully, bully for me. Exactly. But I love, I've always loved Treasure Island. Treasure mm-hmm. Planet is beautiful. It's so beautiful looking. The story of it is absolutely perfect and spot on and you can see the influence not even the influence and inspiration but like the direct adaptation into mm-hmm. the the space element i mean i love treasure island like i said and it was discussed during lovely thoughts i don't know if you were present for the discussion but um kathy kathy bedard my, my wonderful wonderful um good friend uh, mentioned how in all of my plays the father is either dead or a, or a terrible, terrible person. And I was like, I got that from Treasure Planet. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a complicated relationship with my father. So it's probably that's where it comes from. So I, I very much relate to Jim Hawkins and the Jim Hawkins character. And even in this much, in this one, so even more so of like, I want to get out there. I want to do these things and tell me, I mean, I'm, I was never a big skateboarder when I was younger uh, at all. Um, but those things are so cool. Him and the jet, jet skates. And, you know, I want, to ride one. I would, I want that. I wanted that to be a ride again. A ride in the thing, yeah. So I would have loved to have that um, again growing up when I was when I was uh, coming of age to be part of that. But you know, yeah. But yeah, I I love Treasure Planet. I always will. I do have to give that one a rewatch. It has been quite a bit since I've seen it. Yeah, I I I do get why some people didn't care for it. There are a couple convoluted moments and some things where you have to like kind of. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I remember but... seeing it a while ago and really liking it. I just yeah. need to watch it again. Well, it's one of those I have to sit down and watch it and like actually pay attention to it. So I need to find the time to do. It. Well, and the and the music by um, mm-hmm. the Goo Goo Dolls frontman is just as amazing too. The you know the two songs "I'm Still Here" and um, mm-hmm. "Always Know Where You Are." I mean, those are just perfect perfect for the for the mood of the piece i wish i just wish there were more songs i just wish that he had written like phil collins more songs within the context of the, the movie genius but i'll but i'll take i'll take what he did with this but yeah cool. all right we are on number two number two is our last matching <gasps> thing last matching <laughs> uh beauty and the beast beauty and the beast i will personally say that this I loved this movie growing up. This was probably one of my favorites. And this was one of those ones where I, again, I still grew up at a point where, you know, the whole masculinity and kind of thing. I have no problem saying that Beauty and the Beast was my favorite movie of all all, all time. Good. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And I will always tear up during the big ballroom scene. Just, oh, and, that, and that, sh- that shot of the camera going from, the chandelier down to them to that like that will always that's what made me want to be a filmmaker i mean that's what that was there um meg talk to me about beauty and the beast on your end i just absolutely love it compelling story beautiful characters bell is probably my favorite disney princess as well um i mostly um i like see a lot of myself 
uh, in her that kind of like not necessarily introverted, um, but like kind of kooky, oddballish person who finds joy in the escaping into stories and um, getting like completely and utterly absorbed um, in like an own little world. Mm. Um, absolutely love it. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 like love beyond, um, like love beyond aesthetics, love beyond looks, um, all of that. Absolutely, I'm into that too. Um, yeah, and, whole abandoned castle with enchanted objects is such a cool setting too. Well, especially if the enchanted objects are being voiced by uh, David Ostro, um, Jerry yes. Arbach, and Angela Lansbury. I mean, like, oh yes, come on, that's Broadway royalty right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I oh, I actually have a Disney theory with Beauty and the Beast right um, that Belle is not a Disney princess. She is actually the queen uh, because we don't see the king and the queen. We don't see Beast's parents. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't exist, that means he would be the king, technically. Um, for like 10 years, they just like, what, didn't have a monarch anymore or something? Yeah. He was like a, a reclusive beast for 10 years. He's like 21, I think, which would also make him a legal adult. Um, 18. Um, he's 18. Okay. He's still 18. able to assume the throne, able to become king. Like, where are his parents? What happened to them? Belle's a queen. Belle's the queen. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that they try to solve in the live action version and yes. some of it is I think they do touch on that. I don't yeah. remember how they did it. Um Just the 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 spell wipes the memory from the townspeople so the townspeople do not remember that the castle exists. Yeah. I was going to say yeah, does like nobody remember this big looming castle like just yeah. a couple of miles outside town <laughs> well i i'm okay with that the only thing the one thing i'm not okay with is that in the original um beauty and the beast the one we're talking about um mm -hmm. there, does, there isn't a stockholm syndrome i know there's a question about that and there always yeah. has been the question always bring that one up. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't believe there is there's a shot specifically where she could have left him to die and she was going to get out but she realized i'm not i'm not that person i'm a good person even though this guy is a bit of a dick i want to protect him i want to take care of him yeah, i mean he, he saved her life as well when he didn't have to absolutely um, yeah. and uh, uh uh but in the live action movie with emma watson they make it a bigger thing like they 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 keep nabbing on it and it's like you don't need to you, 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 the show don't tell <laughs> you know like yeah. the audience aren't morons i mean maybe some of them are but um the audience for don't treat your audience like morons is what i always say you know you don't have to lay yeah. everything out i agree you know um which is one she wasn't in it to fall in love either Belle was uh, in it to save her father and also probably just the adventure yeah yeah I mean, this is like a new place adventure. Yeah. yeah yeah and to go back to that I um that was one of the things I loved about your direction of online dating is that you were you were intent into like not having all the answers laid out like you know because at the end it's it i don't believe in endings one thing you'll notice about all the plays that i'll send you um i don't believe in endings i believe that we're in a particular moment in the character's life and that there is no endings that it just things go on but 
the, the question at hand is kind of stopped and something else will come up, but it's not a sequel thing or whatever. Um, okay. So so like when you had us in online dating, for those who haven't seen it or who have seen it, we flip over oh, the phones. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've been talking to the audience the whole time as if we're talking to our phones as like help. And then we flip them and move them away. It doesn't end by saying they're going to be together and they're going to last. It ends with them saying, we are now okay with not being nervous, not being scared and just being ourselves. And now we go forward. What happens next? I'd love to know. I do know what happens next, but. <laughs> they have a baby. That's what happens. They get married and have a baby and argue yes. and they still argue all the time. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Beauty the Beast, um, crowding achievement, I would say. Probably, Absolutely. yeah. Um, all right, so let's finish up with your number one, please. And I'm very excited about this one. That is Lilo and Stitch. I just i love it it is my comfort movie it is my go-to i have to watch it at least once a month or it's not going to be a good month um, it is just it's pleasant it's wholesome it's comical it tells an incredible story with some amazing characters it has one of the best um i was just reading the other day about a writer who was kind of complaining that lots of writers don't really know how to write children properly uh, they will either have like three, four-year-olds talking like infants, babies, toddlers, um, or they'll have like eight, nine-year-olds on like a toddler level, uh, so to speak. But I would say the character of Lilo is, I think, about like seven or eight. Yeah, uh, so. behaves yeah. incredibly appropriately for her age. Um, fantastically written child protagonist um, mm -hmm. character. And I am just a huge sucker for like a friendship story, like a wholesome yeah. friendship, um, like two lost wandering souls meet each other. And um, that's basically what they are. They're two, they're two yeah. lonely people. They're two lonely kids mm -hmm. and they find each other. And yeah, the two outcasts of their own worlds are meeting. And um, it really proves that you don't really need like like Myrtle Edmonds and her whole entourage. You don't need a whole group of people. You just need that one person. Yeah. Well, and it, it also has a beautiful discussion of, of family, you know, uh, the, the whole yeah. idea of Ohana and, you know, no, no one gets left behind. No one gets left behind or forgotten. Or forgotten. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I think looking at your list, a lot of your choices are family, are yeah. of togetherness, oh, are... You really are. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have multiple siblings. You have, you know. I have just parents. the one brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you had different, but yeah. Unless there's one I don't know about, but. <laughs> yeah. I have probably a couple out there I don't know about, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that seems to be that in your whole list. So, but yeah. yeah. The whole chosen family becomes family, family. Well, and also you can't argue with the fact that it's the only Disney movie with Hawaiian Elvis Presley music. I mean, yes. come on. Oh. <laughs> Suspicious Minds, Burning Love. Every time I hear Burning Love, I just think Lilo and Stitch now. It's, it's Suspicious Minds for me. It will always yeah. be Suspicious Minds. And the, then, the scene where um, she puts Stitch's finger on the record, opens his mouth, and he's singing Suspicious Minds out of his mouth. So funny. <laughs> you wouldn't think that 
aliens and like native Hawaiian culture mixed together, but this movie does it in such a way. It's I would basically, it's basically it's space yeah. and yeah. Well, it's basically the Hawaiian version of E.T. You know, it's borrowed, <laughs> have, yeah. it's borrowed heavily. At least some of parts of it is inspired very much by um, E.T. Obviously mm-hmm. not not like the aliens coming down and trying to find them, like, you know, all that, all yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Ironically, ironically enough, I didn't actually know this until I looked it up. Uh, but my favorite DreamWorks movie is actually How to Train Your Dragon love that movie very similar aspects very similar vibes the whole two outcasts from their own worlds coming together to form an unbreakable bond of friendship uh same director did lilo and stitch and have trained your dragon dan deblois canadian love yeah him. i believe it i believe it it makes, it makes like, oh that's why these two movies are my favorite <laughs> makes sense hey listen when you when you're a director and you're a writer you tend to find something similar in all of your aspects i mean all's fair and online dating you have two people who are trying to connect with each other and having difficulties speaking yes. to each other and they need outside sources to help um for me the father is either a terrible person or dead you know <laughs> so i have daddy issues it's okay it is what it is um, um you know, and the mother, the mother's usually a strong, strong, strong individual who sometimes needs help, but is willing to ask for the help. Um, but anyway, so my number one, we have spoken about before, and I could go on about over and over again, but it is Hunchback of Notre Dame. Nice. I am a huge sucker for gothic, gothic I, stories. I love the gothic story. I'm reading uh, Susan Hill's The Woman in Black right now, the gothic go- story that is a beautiful book i've read that it is a beautiful book yeah chapters it is my that is my dream production to direct is the play version of that yes i for a while considered doing a musical version until i realized it was damn near impossible to do it (laughs) there's no confining there's no it's a big book it didn't take forever to adapt and i already have withering heights in my head anyway so i'm kind of like i'd rather go that route but um yeah yeah, i love the gothic i love the the idea of a person's identity and what makes him a man what makes him a monster Mm -hmm. the um idea of duality i i touched a little bit on the spirituality but not even spirituality but the hope that something may change and something like even Mm -hmm. i mean the the big song from that the 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 end credit song was someday um and that will always be like an anthem in my head of like you know someday we're wise and when the world's older when we have learned i Mm -hmm. pray someday we may yet let live you know that you know that sentiment of like you know things may get better at some point may not be in my lifetime may not even be in Meg's lifetime but it, it, it with any luck it'll be in my son's lifetime might might <laughs> but and, I, and and that whole and ending bit leading up to it uh you know and then going into the you know three cheers for Quasimodo and then the last bit of bells like you were saying the music bells, beautiful. if you take out guy like you <laughs> It is a perfect, perfect, perfect score. Um, gothic, completely dark, sinister, and then just wow. that, just that scene of 
quasi saving Esmeralda and then I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, oh, climbing up to the top shot? of the bell tower all and the then, fire and the people oh. and then just yelling, Sanctuary. Oh, but yeah, and we t- we spoke about it, Tom Hall's um right near the end of his quote unquote acting career when he turned into a producer and, and what have you. Um, but you know, even Kevin Klein, Tony J, um just a beautiful beautiful movie and then for anyone who has heard the the stage version mm-hmm. they take that last finale bit and they they give this beautiful melodic bit to an opera singer who's singing this beautiful latin that's basically like in cap it's literally they just took the last couple lines from victor hugo translate it into latin and put it into the um into the orchestral score and it's just this gorgeous sweeping tone of of a melody um i don't know have you have you heard the the stage version yet or? not all of it in its entirety i've heard bits and pieces it's it's <laughs> i'm gonna quote myself it really is quite something <laughs> <laughs> And, I would yeah and it just it it has that just beautiful beautiful tone of it um but yeah and and like I said I love these classic stories of like um just just unbelievable obstacles people not believing in themselves and then being able to be like you know what I do believe in myself and I'm gonna show you what I can do kind of thing yes. um you know, really worth the the energy. Um, was there any? There was there anything else of um, about Hunchback that we, uh, we didn't talk about the first time that you wanted to mention? Um, I don't think so. I'm just a big, huge fan of the visuals. <laughs> so, um, so that that was our list. Um, yeah. I, again, like I said, what did we miss? There, I mean, there are 50 movies, so between the two of us, okay. we only got about 20 of them. So actually less than that, because three of ours matched. Um, but, um, you know, if you have your own list, please email me at matthew.garon at gmail.com. Um, I want to thank Meg for coming on to the show. So yeah. much fun to have her on, and she will be back. We're going to do top 10 Pixar movies, and that will be an exciting um topic we'll get into that later when we both have time to do it um but um meg thank you so much for coming on um it's such a treat and you're welcome you're welcome anytime you want to come back and talk about whatever you know (laughs) um meg uh is there anything you want to plug anything uh where can the kids find you or whatever Oh, oh, oh the kids um yeah, so I'm actually working in Boston right now at the Old North Church, speaking of churches, cathedral bells and Gothic, what have you. Um, and I'm a tour guide there. So if you want to roll on up, roll on up. Um, before we start our renovations of the crypt, I can take you down there and tell you all about the dead people. <laughs> I might stop by. Um, Please do. And, um, and you mentioned you have an Instagram. I do, uh, at Megabyte, Megabyte2 megabyte like the computer term and then the number two perfect and uh again watch old episodes of this podcast we have some new things coming in um um when this episode is released it'll be after um 
all the interviews I've done with the upcoming movie that I direct that I was a cinematographer for and was very pleasured into doing uh, that that would have premiered on April 10th in uh, Beverly, Massachusetts, uh, no, when in Massachusetts, excuse me, at Gordon College. Um, so this is the past to everyone. Uh, hopefully that movie will be on YouTube in the coming months. Um, love, check out Lovely Thoughts, which will be on YouTube at some point as well, if it's not already. Uh, check out the Movie Critics uh, um, uh, scripted podcast series that is in the second season, which the second season will continue to be released in the future. Also check out Talking Silly, which is a podcast I do with Amy Cole. Um, where we just basically talk silly and interview friends and family and that type of thing. Um, have a wonderful night. Please take care of yourselves. Be safe and stay warm. Stay warm. Um, be nice to each other and uh, no and no violence. And to right. take us and to take, exactly or anywhere. I mean, or anywhere, anywhere. No, um, just the Oscars. Just the Oscars. Tony's and, go, go right ahead. <laughs> Grammys duke it out. The Oscars. I'd, I'd love to see that at the Tonys, but anyway. Um, and to take us out, we'll listen to a little bit of The Hunchback. What would you give to never have to worry about the way your body looks ever again? Hi, I'm Jackie, body image expert, confidence coach, and owner of Confident Girl Hotline. We are here to help you heal the relationship you have with your body by healing the trauma in your body that has been inflicted upon you by the diet and wellness industry. We do this through somatic healing. We are running one-on-one -on -one sessions virtually, group classes, and even doing workshops for both adult women and teen girls. Please check us out at www.confidentgirlhotline.com. We're also on Instagram and TikTok. When you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a long, a lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge level services, uh, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your, you and your family and your budget, uh, booking those difficult to secure fast passes and dining reservations, uh, providing tips and tricks to get out the most of your vacation, and more. Uh, Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money for those uh, Disney trip veterans still be in control of all the details. Danielle will take care of all your needs so you can have all the fun and truly say Akuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for your free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels, one word, dot com, or by messenger, messen, messaging her on her Facebook page.